Thank you for listening to Lone Star Community Radio. This program was broadcasted and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. Lone Star Community Radio is supported by listeners like you. Donate and sponsor today. For more information on getting involved with Lone Star Community Radio, contact us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or visit us online at www.irlonestar.com. Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us on the Cindy Cochran Show on Lone Star Community Radio. And uh, we, uh, we appreciate it so much. We uh, want to thank our sponsor, Chris Wooten. Sponsors are always important, and you want to give them as much many kudos as possible. And, the, <coughs> and Chris is great. He is, uh, he's, he'll be on the spot that's on after our show's over, and he'll... He'll give you some information if you'd like to call him and get in touch with him. And he'll just help you with your retirement, with your money. And it doesn't matter. He, he says, come on, come all, and we'll, we'll make your money grow. I mean, we'll, he'll give you all the skills and the tools, and you, you, can, you can say, like, yeah, let's do that. But he's a financial advisor, which I, I need someone like that standing right with me more than a bodyguard. I need someone to guard my finances and make me not spend. But um, but Chris is wonderful, and he's so sweet. He's not judgmental at all. Thank you, Chris. And Chris, thank you for being our sponsor. And um, the, his phone number and all that's on our page, and so you can get in touch with him. And I want to have him on in about a week and talk about budgets. I hate budgets, and my husband is always trying to meet get me to do a budget I just I just can't I can't I don't know maybe he has some you know some tips on how to make it a little less painful okay so today we're going to talk about something that happened six years ago and the anniversary date is October 1st and if you were anywhere near a television set for a week you will know exactly what happened and it was in las vegas and there's they're getting ready to start a concert or starting a concert and the guy is out there and everybody's so excited and it's packed so many people packed and all of a sudden shots rang out and you go no one knew where it was coming from everybody thought it always thinks it's uh it's like fireworks especially being in vegas and you know and all the hoopla and all stuff that you think that's what's going on and it wasn't it was so so deadly that there was 56 families that were affected by this. It's a, they had 58, 58 families where someone died in that, in that family and were affected. And so many people that were wounded and all that that will affect them for the rest of their life. But we have two people that were behind that stage, on, on stage, behind the stage, and witnessed so much that they wish they had never done you know, and, uh, and how terrifying that must have been. So we're going to talk to Peter Hoppy and Anita Woolwine. Did I say it right? Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. And Richard's looking at me like, wait a minute, I put Hoppy on there. That's okay. That's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you have to get next to the, yeah. And so the, we want to be able to hear everything you have to say. Uh, 
but Peter had... Sometimes and, that's okay. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so it would be nice. A lot of husbands wish they had a mic. They could just turn their mic down. <laughs> I don't want to hear you anymore. This would, the deaf husbands I worked with are deaf, and they'd say, you know, we're so lucky because we're sick of arguing. We just close our eyes. That's it. It's over. Argument's <laughs> over. But um, anyway, you guys went through a, a terrifying time, and it's been six years what triggers you? What triggers the whole thing where it starts over? Is it when it gets closer to the anniversary or is there something, you hear something and a car backfires or anything like that and it, and it brings you right back to that date? The anniversary definitely brings, um, brings it to us, but we live it every day uh, from like you mentioned, a, a car backfiring, or, or even a door slamming, or oh. just from the wind, it sounds like a, a shot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, and we're not, we're not prudes. We're not, we're not any. Uh, it's gunfire. Yeah. In a controlled environment is is a good thing. Uh, right, right. I feel yeah. so. Oh, sure. I am not anti-gun in any stretch of the imagination. Yes, if there had been just one but, person who had a gun that uh, night, right? But but they it couldn't it wouldn't have it worked didn't help. because they were too far away. Yeah, right. even the security guys who were armed, um, without knowing exactly where it's coming from, you right. know, you, you don't ever shoot blindly. So without being able to see who had the gun and who was shooting, there wasn't anything that they could do other than trying to get try people to escort out. people out and get people to safety. And what's so maddening is that you don't know where you're running them to. You don't know if you're sending them to safety or if you're, you know, that's a hard choice to make. Right. If they if they finally, when did they finally realize it was coming from up? In, it's not MGM. Uh, it it was coming from the. Um the name of the hotel mandalay bay yes that's right oh, that name i was saying that name hearing that name over and over again uh so it was coming from that hotel and it was at, at the very top or was it it was a, about a few, three quarters of the 30 second floor 30 second floor okay. and i don't think any of the security people or the police officers who were on the ground knew where it was coming from as they were trying to evacuate people that came much later in the night uh, um, yeah the way noises bounce off the way there's all these buildings you get that effect of echoing things such as that so you really couldn't tell from the noise where it was coming from and then um, bullets were ricocheting off of things so it kind of gave a false sense of where they were coming from so the the best advice that they could give us was to run a path that led away from from the strip basically and get us people as far away from the strip as they could okay uh so what was the nearest hotel that people could have gone into? Was there one near there? It seems Tropicana like there's hotels. Tropicana was probably the Tropicana. closest. I think most people ran to the Tropicana. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine the people of the Tropicana when when they started coming in and the stories they had and how scary it was because Tropicana people didn't know if the person was following you know, it had a mm-hmm. vendetta against the people that were there and, right. you know, what was going on. We had friends that, um, when they got to the Tropicana, trying to explain to security there what happened, 
There was a secure room on that first floor. Um, I don't know if it was a ballroom or something that wasn't being used. And a lot of people just crammed into that room and barricaded the doors after a certain point. Sure. And then you had people who were still trying to get there, trying to get to safety, but the people inside were so afraid the doors were barricaded. So then Tropicana security started um, finding other spaces for them. I think Tropicana was the first hotel to go on lockdown when they were pretty much at capacity because the number of people who had run in there from the concert. There were 22,000 people at the concert. 22,000? 22,000 people. 22,000 people all in one space. And the bubble you guys were in was seemed like a very safe, like you're, you're not safe in the mm-hmm. sense you, you didn't know what was coming at you, but but that you were with everybody there and you felt like, okay, we've got to move. Like when you finally figured out, I, we've got to get off the stage. It's not fireworks. It's mm-hmm. not, how long did that take? So the first volley of gunfire was a short volley. It was just as almost as if they were testing the waters. And I believe those uh, first few shots hit the fuel tanks out at the airport which was really close to the location and that at that point we thought it was fireworks and then when the second volley started um, one of our friends thought it was a transformer that blew and was was popping and then I grabbed his arm and I told him um, the lights are on on the stage it can't be a transformer and he, I knew I knew it wasn't Gosh. a transformer, but I didn't know what it was. He knew that meant it's gunfire, and we had to hide. Oh and so God. he is the one who led us into the um, production trailer and was making the decisions to hide and trying to get in touch with other people who were on the ground and eventually security. Um, but it was his. We were about to leave. We had a van that was waiting for us, and his decision for us to run into that trailer and hide instead of try to get out in that van really meant the difference between life and death for us Um, as when we finally left we walked past the van that was reserved for us that was going to bring us back to MGM and the van was just the van was riddled with bullets bullets. it it was flattened it was there wasn't a window left there was now how was he how was he shooting at, at that at that height and the van was parked you know, behind the stage, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, I mean, the, um, yeah. it's not a van, RV was parked behind the stage, right? And so how did he get to that so that the bullets came through there? Was it? We, we don't know. Is this an angle it's, or any conspiracy? There's lots of, <laughs> of conspiracy theories. There's rumors of multiple shooters. Uh Ground shooters, yes, uh, yeah. coming from underneath the stage, which <gasps> we're not a hundred percent opposed to um, talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, what we saw did support multiple shooters. Well, that I mean that makes more sense. And then if it was targeted or seemed like was it the band had some enemies or the no one knew not at that, that point end. he does now <laughs> but not the, not 
Oh, really? <laughs> Not the real country oh. fans. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Now, this the band that was playing, who was Jason Aldean. Jason Aldean. Yes. Did he was it a long time before he played again or was he No, he he actually put on a benefit show. Oh, for the oh, a couple uh, weeks later. A couple weeks yeah. later, yeah. In Vegas? No, I don't know if it was in Vegas, Vegas or not. Because the shooter ultimately committed suicide, right? He, Supposedly, yes. Okay. They the security I remember them looking at the hall and trying to figure out if they're going to go in, mm-hmm. you know, and but the shooting had stopped, so they they thought that it was okay to, to do that. Mm-hmm. So when they went in and found him, th- that was interesting because you wanted to go like, mm, except it's frustrating because you can't find out what the real, why in the world would you do that? Right. What was the purpose? Who were you after? What? Mm-hmm. And so uh, did anybody talk about uh, having conversations with them, people that changed the towels, That anyone like that? He didn't have anyone service his room the entire time he was there. Um, so that has also led to some changes in most major hotels, especially in big touristy places. Um, when you have your do not disturb sign out for a significant amount of time, the cleaning crew will at least go in and kind of do a, a, a well check, a well check, a safety <laughs> yeah. check on the room. And that's come out of lessons learned from what happened in Vegas. Um, Even COVID he would, does that now, too, uh, or did that during the the, the pandemic, part of the yeah. pandemic. Yeah. That oh, that's true. Hotels would check. They say the he didn't check. use that's, the yeah. main elevators. He used the back stairs and the freight elevators. So now things are a little different when you go to places like that that are they're a little more controlled. Did he have a family? Did he have people in Vegas that knew him? Or did he come from somewhere he had else? a brother, I believe, in Vegas. His fiance was... She was with him. She left on a flight, I think they said the night the before, to the or, Philippines. Because she knew he was going to do this? or well, We won't know because they haven't... They haven't um, found her? No, they found her and they talked to her, but they've never released the outcome of those conversations. So we won't ever truly know. The, the um, lack his, of information is the is It's the really major, frustrating, yeah. And the... It's not funny, but the ironic thing, the the same person that is leading the investigation for for Route 90, or that led the investigation for Route 91, is leading the Hawaiian uh, fires oh. investigation, and you don't hear anything about that either. So because it, we know the consp- he's very tight-lipped. Yeah, we know the conspiracy theory on that is that uh, there's going to oh, be people coming, investment yeah. coming in, and <laughs> and and uh, buying up that land. Yeah, and they're so they're not doing a big deal about it because they want to come in and uh, grab the land. Yeah. Ooh. So, so that, you've heard that, the same thing. That's <laughs> I was like, you know, and, and you never know how much of these theories are true. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been my experience. Most major conspiracy theories have some sort of truth rooted <laughs> in them. They're right. not all true, but right. there's some sense, some little fact somewhere. So 
that spawns off a bigger theory. So you just you just don't know. Well, our mind does not want to accept the fact that that there's such a big consortium of people that would come in and let that fire burn like that and they have already plans on how to grab go in go in and grab the land yep. and make money off of it that's horrible yep. to to think that mankind can do that but we've or seen it though. even the plant <laughs> what the <yeah>. fire <laughs> yes that's exactly right see that's what it means it's like uh, how the fire started could that it was like nature seemed like started it or that's what you know has been said and then and then you find out somebody didn't mm-hmm. do that we got to investigate that let's put somebody on that would yeah, you peter yeah. thank the you the same guy that did route 91 yeah that's right yeah. <laughs> there's a guy there's a good idea <laughs> yeah i'm i'm telling you it's the things that happen and the and what blows out of it but you mm-hmm. but it, what's interesting is is that you're telling me about so many things that changed because of this this made people, mm-hmm. you know, maybe safer and more aware, and uh, that you can't forget about it. It's mm-hmm. like 9 11. If, if you see something, say something. And right. if you're teaching people from Afghanistan to fly planes, and all they want to do is a one way ticket, and they are something like that, you know, like think about it. They Just don't want to learn how to land. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can skip the landing. Let's take us to. Yeah, that. I just want to learn oh to take my off. goodness! <laughs> you, you just feel like if somebody would have said something uh, mm-hmm. at different things that have happened, and just that one With word. Everything. Oh yes. yeah. If you're involved in a car accident, the police come in. They do an investigation. You may be hurt. You may be traumatized. But at the end of that, you know what happened to you. There's True. A, there's a, uh, a closure there. Yes, For yes. us, we will never have that closure. We will never know exactly what happened that day. Right. We have the report of the FBI. We have what we know and saw. But we'll never truly know any why. We'll never know all of the details. We'll never have that closure of what happened. So in your mind, you always think it could happen again. So you go to a restaurant, you know every exit. You know that um, that's right. behind the kitchen there's always an exit because that's where the food service comes in. You want an office building and you count the exits and you look at any obstacles to the exit. You're always prepared to fight or flight, I guess. You know. Well, it was like after that movie uh, shooting, the movie theater mm-hmm. where you shot the people. And, and I couldn't go into a movie theater. It was yeah. just, I thought, wait a minute. Okay, I know the two exits are there, but... I don't know, you know, where somebody like this could come in and do this because how could they get away? Of course they can because teenagers open the door and let people in all the time. Yep. So they don't realize that, you know, that's probably the most dangerous thing in the world to do. But uh, they think it's cool. And so uh, it, it was a long time because I went to the show all the time. I was there all the time. And, and talk about, you know, like your numbers, like if you've been there if you go every single day, you're probably some, the person that's going to get, you know, mm-hmm. something like that's going to happen. But I haven't seen, you know, I haven't heard anything like that that's, that's happened. Mm-hmm. So that's one, good. One of the survivors of the Lafayette um, theater shooting, um, we have mutual friends and we're friends oh. now. She reached out to me knowing that I was going through such a hard time and knowing right. that she has already been through it and knows, you know, the anger the fear, you know, all the things that you experience after something like that. So it was really, you, you hate that someone else is in this 
this club of mass shooting survivors. But I was grateful that she reached out to me and kind of talked about, you know, it, it's normal to feel this. It's normal to feel that. It's right. normal, normal to not want to leave the house. And you've got to get past that. It's yes. normal to have anxiety for weeks at a time for no real reason. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's something that, we, of course, medicine doesn't really have a big history on studying because mm-hmm. you feel like it doesn't happen that much. And, mm-hmm. you know, but when it does, those people have to live with that for the rest of their lives. So it seems like they should do more studies and have more meetings and mm-hmm. seminars and things like that that you can come to. But, you know, it doesn't it always go back to when it talks about when you lose a loved one, you go through a process and the, the grief and mm-hmm. the anger and the, you mm-hmm. know, you don't want to believe it really happened and that kind of thing. And so that, that's, isn't that what happened to you guys? Yes. Like you went through that yeah. together and um, is it the anger that's first or is it the grief that's first? It's just, a survivor's guilt. And uh-huh. that's what I felt first was survivor's guilt. Why? Yes, the we, guilt. That's we, amazing. We ran, not, not ran. I, I'm not much of a runner anymore. <laughs> but especially, but in, like that especially in flip flops. Oh uh, yeah. Oh. But we we went past so many people that you wouldn't even believe what what you see. Uh, Nothing that I ever want to see again. Yeah, that you can't get out of your head. And you're wondering sure. why, yeah. why them, and why am I? Yeah, why not? Why am moving. I going? And that's the first thing with me that. Uh, that is uh, what. That's what everyone says. That it's the hardest to know why did I survive and these mm-hmm. people didn't survive, and the guilt they feel and they'll commit suicide. They'll do so many yep. different things that, that to try and get you know, that out of their brain, their heart, and all. And, and that's why we came up with the documentary, uh, for one thing, to heal us. And that's, that's something that we, um, that we have, and uh, Richard has uh, downloaded it so we could watch it. We're not going to have sound with it, but we're going to have you, the real people over there, and talk about what you were doing, you know, like... You know, y'all were looking at pictures and mm-hmm. and that, and then having to make that walk. What what that was like? Do you want to go ahead and here it is? It's a people's story, and so we can our audience can watch this. Really appreciate you giving the time. So and it was Route 91. Uh, yeah, Route 91. Me a bit of um, your life and what this you This is probably because it's year easy to hear something the in the story. Festival, and this was our fourth year attending something. But I appreciate you. So we were reliving just reminiscing this about some of these pictures and the good times, memories from, from your um, night. And your what weekend. drove us to go there, mm-hmm. the amazing time we had up until Sunday night. We, we'd had an amazing night. We would remind each other during the whole weekend of, you know, we don't get everybody together and this enjoy ourselves like this. That is a special place we had this little thing we tell each other that hey, this doesn't suck or today doesn't suck. And, you know, in Not the best sure of moments, we'd kind of remind each other just to live in the moment, you know? Yeah. And, and that, enjoy that. This was backstage. I meant to bring that picture. Now, that's, that's what y'all, y'all, everybody was looking toward where they thought it was coming. Everybody we, we, was were, 
so excited. The last picture we were up on about stage being together. And myself. The story of the weekend. Everyone was having a blast. Yeah. Uh, everybody picture. was. The story of the, uh, the weekend was, was this doesn't this suck. This doesn't suck. <laughs> number I mean, that, that scene of peace oh. and joy, how quickly that got flipped upside down. Oh. You're coming back from combat. You guys we came back from song. combat. And yeah. We, we went to a country concert and came back. Song. Have you seen a smile on the picture? Oh, so that was way before no. yeah. it had happened. That was way before any of the, the, shooting, the happened. shooting happened. And that's interesting. That was such a special moment. And that's why we were all there celebrating. Right. Tyler's Rock number one, his first number one hit. As a songwriter. Yeah. As a songwriter. Well, that, that sign, and this is y'all's walk. The this is the guys, we're officially back. Uh, we're officially back. Yep. The one year. It's been how long? The one year and one year to the day almost. Uh, the, uh, the one year Monday. White crosses from uh, um, right. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't. The fact that this concert was on October first meant a lot. This to me. past year. My husband and I have always celebrated for my birthday month. All the. Uh, we don't buy each other gifts. Deceit. Oh, they did. Made, oh. He made 58 crosses for it, so It shows happy, it in the, so it shows in the video. In the video. It was so but, many people crowded as close and so he as came they over could get and to the stage. You guys. And they spent and hours all, I guess went through hours like what you did that waiting when you ran into the, the This right here is pretty much what we were He plays the we first few chords and the crowd knows what song's coming up next. Um, and the crowd starts like singing it before he even gets this to it. Suck the crowd was singing. Into, we're building with him up into the just uh, absolutely the amazing. To when it happened, so it, it was like excited. the events that y'all went standing through. Standing backstage, and it was a happy day, mm -hmm. kind of gave mm -hmm. a moment of pause. And that could have been your last happy day for a while. Yeah. Jason and the song all. that he was that, playing. That you had. And we had this. Do you keep just going stupid little hook through and that we would turn talk to about each other and say, "Hey, that happened at that point." Just to keep reminding ourselves. It was good then. And that was our. That was our. Like I said, it was the best time up until that moment. For the night. We had. And it was just our way of saying, "Hey." There. We, we had, had a long um, couple way. of artists that we Let's used to hang out with and we hadn't moment. seen in a while. Let's appreciate like a big now. family reunion. And we did. Mm -hmm. is really how it felt. A couple um, hours later. Up until that. Is when it was just the most struck. amazing time. You know, we made some great new friends. Yeah. Well, 22,000 to attend. Anita that's was a big draw. That's yeah. huge. And so, from me at the time. you know, it. The first she pops right it, now. It worried me that the guy that. Didn't you know, know they started were shots. it. it sounded like fun. How much pressure did he Standing feel? How much guilt did he feel? Like, why did he? He's I, so excited. Why did I even do this? This was my boy just blew you know, the generator. But, but like the lessons that have been learned, the stuff going on where people became aware, and all of that had to be, minutes. you know, then you have to find all the good and the silver lining because it looks pop, like a really pop. dark cloud. The the premeditation that went into that. Jason's team is pulling him away was amazing was from what I saw on Dateline player or one of, the, one of the shows. The that, rapidness uh, of highlight pops mm -hmm. at the beginning. It no uh, longer sounded like fireworks. Yeah, he was there. It was gunfire. Like for four days. And it was just this just rhythmic, rapid in guns fire. And then it would and, stop uh, for a few seconds. Now that, that's interesting. Like, like that many guns, that, that much... Stop. Someone else, I it seems like, don't had to remember been, screams. Like a part of it. I, mean, right. I can understand why they would assume that 
second hour. Anything else? And he was bringing them up through service elevators. Said, and nobody go. caught that. Yeah. That's amazing. I didn't look and at the crowd at that point. The there were a lot of people around backstage. I don't know how you weld in the stereo. Six of us? Yeah. 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 Ended up in a production trailer. I wonder how long it was before the Mandalay, Mandalay, the people that worked there, how did they figure out what's happening? The screams that we're hearing and all the people rushing and everything is coming from my hotel. They could hear the the sound of the gunfire coming from the hotel. From what I understand from people that were there. That were in Mandalay when it started. Um, there were bullets flying. They weren't through the sure that it was coming from Mandalay, but you could hear it really loud. They knew it was close. Oh, right. I was waiting so for them to everyone walk into was the trailer that they, we were in. Like just, we were, just we'd be done. You don't know where to go to be safe. We had to. Yeah, because so if people started running into the hotel, that's the closest there. Yeah. Would have been you know, maybe horrible. One of our bullet friends, comes through here, it's going to go through me first. documentary, we found this Bullets that they're shooting are so powerful. Stop when it goes wife, through, so it's still going to the hurt. nanny and their newborn baby were on the same floor as the shooter. The shooter. Oh. I did think and about he my children. I didn't want to entertainment for the night. Oh, at, at oh. The surprise them or at worry the them. I texted and, my mom uh, and said, "Just want you to know I love you was, and goodbye." Yeah, they said that he was beside himself. They all laid on top of each other in the bathtub doing their best to protect the baby, not knowing where it was coming from, not knowing if he was going room to room shooting. Right, right. That's what you don't know. Yeah. It's it's the unknown, I think, is the worst in the sure. moment. Like, yes, you're afraid. Yes, you know, we we said our goodbyes. That was rough, you know, as we were laying there all t- telling each other, if this is who we're going to die with, at least we're dying with friends, you know, because mm-hmm. you don't know if you're getting out in that moment. And y'all even said humor helped. It did. Y'all, y'all would make fun of things that mm-hmm. were. What, what are some of the things that you'd make fun of that helped you get through it? So one of them. Um, so we were celebrating our friend's first number one hit as a songwriter, and um, we were with another star who's got quite a few number one hits, and then the two of us who we own the rights to um, a song that an older country song, so we bought into the uh, publishing rights for that song. So our friend's like, so um, Tyler, how's your music going? He's like, man, we were here celebrating my first number one, but I don't know, we'll celebrate how long, you know, how long we'll celebrate. Oh. And then he asked us, and y'all have your number one, right? I'm like, yeah, we bought it. We didn't sing it, but yeah, we have it. And he said, well, my music's doing pretty well. And he leans over to the other guy that was with us, Stevie, and he's like, how's your music going? He's like, man, I'm working really hard. I'm just not there. And he's like, okay, get out. (laughs) (laughs) He really wouldn't have forced him out. We all kind of, we all laughed. We all kind of, like, got out of our head in that moment, you know, for just a, it just takes you out of the fear and just the humor and just makes you appreciate the people that you're with in a moment like that. That's, oh, definitely. It it was the constant thinking somebody's coming in. To the trailer. To the trailer, yeah. To the trailer. Yeah. And y'all had it locked, and you, I'm sure. And And the trailer, I mean, this chair is thicker than the. Than the doors. Than the doors. Yeah. And and you said uh, when y'all, when you left, 
everybody decided let's go to the trailer and let's go to the trailer and so you get in the trailer and everybody lays down mm-hmm. because you don't do you lay down because a bullet came through we have or, bullets coming through the and the then you trailer. laid down and you you feel like okay that's that's the lowest we can get yeah and and they never came any lower than you never no one ever got hurt yeah in, no your, one with in the trailer no. No. oh wow well that must have been all by itself just just talk you know what a terrorist attack now you understand like what you know or when kids mass shootings and kids going go what they're going through in in mm-hmm. the in their classrooms and things like that where you don't know where the person is and you don't yep. see i believe i believe i told my daughter she's a teacher that every classroom needs to have a camera in it. i don't care mm-hmm. they haven't and the parents need to be able to hook up to that camera, and anytime they want to check on what the kids are doing and all that stuff, then they may believe the teacher when they say Johnny's really bad. But I think, it, and then every, of course, every hallway, every outside, it just it just doesn't make sense with all our technology mm-hmm. that that we're not using it for mm-hmm. something to keep our babies safe. You know, and I just that I don't understand. But my my daughter comes back and she said. Okay, Mom, I understand what you're saying, but do you know how many teachers would be fired if uh, they were watching? <laughs> and I went, well, I guess so. That's probably true. They probably wouldn't want you, want you talking to their kid that way. But um, but I think that, that what y'all went through was just totally like having your be blindfolded through this and not mm-hmm. knowing anything that's going on. When did you get the idea? Like, how long did you wait for the shooting to stop before you even cracked open the door i couldn't even tell you it felt a lot longer than than what it was we were told we had to leave so the police officer comes to the door and opens the door the security um person and he says um it's not safe for you here anymore you have to run and that's the (sighs) only way that you're going to get out of here alive and we can't guarantee that you're going to make it out. <gasps> That's what so they said. Don't I... drop your purse. Don't drop your wallet because we'll need to be able to identify your body. But your best bet to live <sighs> through this is to run. Wow. And we don't know which way. And you don't know which way. You don't know mm-hmm. where it's coming from. Did they even give you any direction like take, take off this way, go this way? Well, there when was a... it first started, there was only every entrance was locked. Except the main. Except for the main entrance. Every ed- exit and entrance was locked. So they lock all those. Then they tell you to run, and you have nowhere to go because they've locked everything down. By, by the time we got out, the fence yeah. was already knocked down. Oh, people just people ran over it. Yeah, People trampled the fences, yeah. yeah. So the reason they locked the doors is they. this was the last artist, the last night of the concert. They wanted to funnel everyone out through the main entrance where it was more of a crowd control so that they didn't have so many people just walking across Tropicana Boulevard, which is a main thoroughfare through the middle, can't say that word, through the middle of Las Vegas. And they just wanted to keep people safe and kind of funnel them the way that they wanted them to go in the back roads and whatever and not just cross at those major intersections with that that many people, which is why they closed the other exits. But... um, lessons learned that's not the way to do things because then we all were trapped right right and so many people got hurt trampling fences trying to get out 
but when you're in that situation, you, you're going to do whatever you can to get out. Exactly. Here she is in heels, and I'm in flip-flops. Oh, you have heels on. And you have flip-flops on. Storm, Stormy oh. Warren, we were with Stormy. He uh, offered to carry her mm-hmm. over the fence, and oh. he, he was... He was a calming uh, he was, factor yeah. in our. Uh, yeah, some people, it, it, everybody reacts differently, mm-hmm. and you don't have no idea how you might react, even though if you build scenarios in your head, going like, if this ever happened, I would do this and that. You know, mm-hmm. you and Stormy really know. was our contact with security, too. Because yes. He, so he had. He had all the. He had a cell phone, and he was able to connect with security. Because cell phone, he had, we had uh, shortwave radios. And well, where did y'all end up when, when you left there? Where did you go? Um, we, we were just told to run, so we were trying to make it back to the MGM. Um, when, we first, the, when we first got out of the venue into oh, yeah. the parking area, we, we were in Jason's trailer with his crew, uh, uh, Travel, not travel trailers, but uh, tour buses, semis, and yeah, we were standing gear. around and we weren't in them, but we were all crowded around there. Oh, and that must have been scary. In between them, and feel pretty vulnerable like yeah, that, yeah. right? And then they told us to run that there was a shooter that was headed our way. Mm-hmm. Um, was that? Did that turn out to be? We don't True? know. We ran. Oh. We don't know. We, yeah. didn't, we, we didn't stop to find out. We didn't stop yeah. to find out. Yeah, I didn't true. want to look at him or didn't, you know. Yeah. So we ran and we wound up in. Um, Tropicana. Tropic, not Tropicana. Uh, like, was it Treasure something? Treasure Island? Treasure Island. No, that's not it either. Anyway, we re- wound up in a parking lot. Um, there were a bunch of people in, with RVs that had taken over that parking lot of one of the hotels. And there was this group of people, and I'll never forget this one girl. She was hysterical. Everyone was trying to calm her down. We are all trying to figure out where to go. Um, she just kept screaming and screaming and screaming and screaming. Her friends were telling her, you're going to attract attention to us. Yes. You've got to stop it. That's a good point. And there were bullets on the ground spent bullets and things like that and she Casings was freaking out about ground. that and um that our, far away yeah. i mean yeah. that far yeah. away there now that has to be some somebody else yeah. was in on the deal oh my goodness so we convinced her eventually that we would block her to get her into the hotel that we were next to and so the only way she would leave the spot that she was in was if we surrounded her and walked her to the door of that hotel. So we did. Oh, and God. then it's at, like at the bank, you know, when they do yeah. The, yeah. let the people out of the bank. Okay. This this was oh, this is part this part of the um, documentary. This is something that we're pretty proud of. Uh, we hooked up with a preacher. Dan Hubbard is his name, um, out of Redondo Beach, California. Um, and we decided he, he helps out, his ministry helps out homeless. He has a food ministry. He oh, has that's a food cool. Ministry. Yeah. And uh, so we decided to 
makeup care packages and so we did hygiene kits and socks and stuff like that to complement his food ministry yeah that, oh that's great and we didn't want the anniversary to be something selfish because we were celebrate not celebrating remembering one year later and a right. lot of people weren't so we turned it into a day of service the last five years we don't have anything yet planned this year but we will um and so we had 200 care packages that we had assembled um we had some local churches and friends and other people write letters oh, to the that, homeless and mm-hmm. that's oh that's some very schools good that's did very color good. papers because the kids couldn't you know weren't old enough to write letters so right. color papers that they draw so every um packet had something like, like that bible in school it. kids um, did coloring coloring book desk pages see for that, the homeless too. Yeah, that is great because um, you don't think of them. I mean, we're, we're thinking of these people who have lost their lives mm-hmm. and all that, but you're doing such a good service to people that, you know, that are homeless and they're hungry and, and are lonely. <laughs> and these people, and you're, you're giving them such hope. That's amazing. And we amazing. did this in Venice Beach. That, that's where the... Uh, that's where we handed out the, the care package. At Venice Beach, yeah. Because yeah. at that point, that, that area there was pretty pretty depressed. And it's oh, that's, yeah. There's a big tent city near there, yeah. like right on the beach. Yeah, I remember and talking about Venice Beach had really gone like gone downhill on them. But, well, that's... that's right what, now, they're all hurting. Yeah. All oh, the, especially, yeah, especially yeah. right now. But I'm, I think what y'all um y'all have accomplished through this has been good and what you've said they found out is good i mean there's like a, some good things that have come out from it but it's that frustration of things that you do not know and you know how many you hear every day on the news mm-hmm. about families waiting to hear something they want to know something it's like the girl who uh lost her life had gone to i don't know where she'd gone Oh, you hear her name all the time, and I can't remember it. But uh, the parents waiting and waiting for something, them to give them some kind of hope to know uh, who did this, where is she, where's her body, does he, yeah, and they try and tell them, you know, like, if if he really did dump her off in the ocean, Mm -hmm. there won't be anything. Natalie Holloway. Natalie Natalie Calloway. How could I forget that, like, emblazoned on my head? Even the the young lady here in Conroe that was... uh, shot uh, by her stepfather uh, we got in touch with her mom and just to give comfort yeah oh that's uh, great she's she's been responding to us uh, I bet in a very positive way and that we know what we don't know what she's going through exactly but we know what what to expect. Yes, and and we do that with uh, other people as well. Uh, I think that and we're not great. tooting our own horn, but we're we're here. If you're gonna, if you need help, we're gonna help. Yeah, that brings uh, up a good point. So September is Suicide Awareness Month, and a friend of ours that we met through the aftermath of Route 91 was shot in her leg. Um, they put her in a uh, garbage bin to roll her out of the venue to get her out. 
and she suffered for a while, um, doctor after doctor, and infections and nerve problems. Oh, yeah. And uh, she was hospitalized for about a year, and after realizing she missed so many life events that year, she decided to um, take her own life. And we never want anyone to do that. Um, So if we can reach out and share our story, and it helps someone understand that they're not alone, that other people have felt the way that they're feeling, that it's okay to feel that way. Yes. Um, that you won't feel that way forever. Right. And if That's, we can prevent uh, one person from committing suicide, then all of this is worth it. Well, especially with teenagers, right now there's mm-hmm. a big epidemic with that. Yep. And it's just and that's so sad because they feel like overwhelmed, trapped, nothing's going to get better and that kind of thing. And we had Love Heals Youth uh, on yesterday and they mm-hmm. and what they're doing is is uh, with foster kids and giving foster kids hope that mm-hmm. you know they're in these group homes and so they don't have any kind of parental love or yeah. any, that kind of thing. And so they're giving them a lot of uh, a lot of of things that you just don't think about the kids would just treasure just to have something mm-hmm. a little little something so sunday they're going to be at uh, Dosido do at oh, the big okay. barn and they're going to be doing a, a fundraiser for them and um and bringing awareness to suicide because uh one of the girls um dare mcleod has written a, a song about that not you know that's mm-hmm. against it of course mm-hmm. and 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 there's too much hope. There's too many things going. And I said, I told her, I said, you know, it's it's funny because anyone my age will be able to say to you, look, you know, if I'd have done what I thought I should do and and get a lot of attention, a lot of people coming to my uh, funeral and me telling them like, See, they're all miserable. Good. That's just exactly what I want. My enemies are <laughs> miserable. I said, and and all that I would have missed. What, what a stupid thing that was to even consider or to yeah. think about. Because if you can get past, push past through that, you'll see like that wasn't the way to go. And uh, mm-hmm. you just hope you can get people in time mm-hmm. that would be, you know, just get one at a time. One at a time. But you guys, what y'all are doing is great. I just, it's got to make you feel good. It's a good distraction from the the dark side of all that, that would happen that y'all are bringing light in there, that's that's wonderful. And um, your two friends are going to be on, not, well, not just one, Stephen. Uh, <laughs> Eric's not coming? No, he, he's uh, he's not there. You know, he's not where Stephen is. Oh, I guess okay. he's, there, he's somewhere else. And he said, it, it, I think it'll be him. It, I mean, if he comes on, that'll be great. But he's going to sing one of his songs because we can only Zoom it and he can do it live, but we can't play their their video with the with the song yeah. sound on it right now because of weird rules uh, t- YouTube has and yeah. Yeah. Facebook has. So uh, anyway, he's gonna he's gonna be on tomorrow with the song Angel Eyes mm-hmm. and uh, Whiskey on My Breath. It's so funny. He told me the names of it. I went Angel Eyes and Whiskey on My Breath. Okay, and <laughs> they, they sing it like a about, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but as soon as I found out it was all about preachers' kids, I understood all that <laughs> so well. It's good. It's great, and I love that song, Angel Eyes. I really did like it, and I said I'm so glad to get to talk to you to tell you in person that was really 
that was really a good song. And y'all did good. Because when you told me Angel Eyes, I'm thinking way back in the 50s. Yeah. That, and I'm, and I'm trying to hum that and trying to figure out. How'd that song go? And then when I heard them singing, I went, oh, that's not, that's not the same song. But Stephen it's, would kill me if I said, yeah, Stephen's old enough to write that. But no, he is, <laughs> not, he is nowhere near old enough to write that one. No, I'm glad you sent the pictures of it. Okay, that wasn't them yeah. that did that song. And Whiskey on My Breath is such a good story of redemption. Yes. Of someone who, yes. again, found hope. You know, yeah, oh, it was, was lost and yeah. wonderful. wonderful. And that was a bunch of songwriters together that, that wrote, wrote that? that. That wrote that, yeah. They had to. That had to have been so much um, discussion about. Now we don't want to make these people mad, and we shouldn't do this. Yeah. We shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. How can we bring hope without trashing those people, <laughs> these people? Because we know that not everybody's like that. But uh, the preacher's kids have the worst time of trying to. <laughs> overcome the rep and i thought that was all gone i thought oh people still don't think no, like that no they still do <laughs> they still do because if you profess that you're good and that you haven't done anything wrong and all that they're going to find something or they want mm-hmm. to find something that so you can be relatable to them they're going to try harder <laughs> yes that's right so i i really appreciate y'all introducing we'll see how the zoom goes zooming we don't get to do that very much but uh Zooming can be all kind of things. We had one guy, we Zoomed, and his wife was having a discussion with her doctor on uh, on the phone uh, and didn't know that he was on live, and we, and she was yelling at him. And he was so embarrassed because he kept talking louder and he got closer to, you know, going like, he can't turn around and say, shut up, I'm live. So... Um, after it was on the call, me, she was so embarrassed. She said, I'm so embarrassed. I said, no, it just it, uh, gave a lot of uh, flavor to the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's what we'd like to say to our doctors. You did, you did great. But um, I just I, I thank you all for letting me in on your friendship with them and, oh, and do that. And any time, any time here that you all come across one of y'all's famous people and say, are you come to Conroe? <laughs> you come to Conroe. You gotta go. Come on this show. So Tom will be coming back again soon. Good. Okay. Yeah. Good. W- wonderful. Let me know. I you sure know. will. You got my number, yep. and I got your number. Yeah. <laughs> I, I call you in the middle of the morning. That's my mistake. Yes. <laughs> no, that's fine. And uh, Richard has. Uh, he gets so mad because times I have to call him, and I'm always trying to, you know, mess with him. Uh, but he. Uh, he is like that too. He doesn't want me to call him. He's, he's don't call me to this point and don't call me after this point, Cindy. Don't. <laughs> I said, but what if it's an emergency? I don't care. No, there's no emergency word. And she doesn't follow that. <laughs> I'm so glad you inserted that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a terrible existence. <laughs> I know, but because <laughs> he always didn't answer like hello. He goes, are you okay? And I just are you okay? okay. That's not, I don't, I don't need to know the rest of the story. But anyway, guys, uh, tomorrow we've got uh, love and theft. And so you're going to have to be, you know, have to tune in and find out where that name came from. And uh, we if, we appreciate you guys sharing your story. We appreciate you. you doing that. We want to keep everybody aware that's what happened. So be careful when you go anywhere where there's a large group of people, just be aware what's going yep. on. Don't not live your life, but just... Live it more carefully. Uh, And to our first responders, we always say thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Uh, and y'all really know that for sure. Uh, you always run to it. We're running away from it. And uh, you're so brave. We thank you for that. All first responders, wherever, you know, you're one of the first responders to the kids, your teacher, or your parents, or anything like that. So thank you so much. And we will see you tomorrow. It's going to be so much fun. These guys are so good. All right. Bye-bye. Love you. week people ask the same two questions are they ready to retire will their savings last for their lifetimes hi this is chris wooten with wooten financial group our firm has been in montgomery county for decades but the hopes and dreams of the people we serve never change we help answer these two questions and many more that people have about their uncertain financial future we have a simple introductory client experience that allows us to get to know the client and includes a few meetings for the client to kick the tires at no charge we provide a concise, one-page summary that helps the client get a better handle on which questions are the right questions for them. To learn more about Wooten Financial Group's process of helping their clients to a clearer financial future and to see their contact information, visit Cindy Cochran's show page on IRLoneStar.com forward slash TCCS. Wooten Financial Group is a proud sponsor of the Cindy Cochran Show. Wooten Financial Group is available by phone at 936-449. 5952 or visit them on the web at www.wootenfinancial.com. That's www.wootenfinancial.com. This program is sponsored by the Wooten Financial Group. It is not the intent of Wooten Financial Group to render or offer personalized investment advice or financial planning advice through this radio program or any related website. Wooten Financial Group's participation in this program is limited to providing general information on financial matters and should not be construed as financial recommendation or investment advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Game Plan Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission and the State of Texas. Insurance services are offered through Wooten Financial Group, Inc., Game Plan Advisors and Wooten Financial Group, Inc. are affiliated through common ownership and neither firm is affiliated with The Cindy Cochran Show. No listener should assume that any information presented and or made available on this program serves as the receipt of or a substitute for personalized individual advice from Game Plan Advisors, Wooten Financial Group, or any of their representatives. From the beginning, the main purpose of the Cooperative Extension Service has been to